Hello, this is Brian McLean, and welcome to Our Story with God, episode 30, Resurrection. On October 31st, Halloween night, 1926, there was a man named Eric Weiss, and he passed away in a hospital in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, this man had been fascinated by anything spiritual or the occult, um, mediums and fortune tellers. He kind of made it his mission to disprove fakes and phonies. Uh, he even offered $10,000 as a reward uh, to anyone who could produce a supernatural event. And he told his wife uh, that if, if it were possible to escape death, he would figure out how. And if not, he would be able to communicate a secret code to her if he was unable to return. Uh, and these sorts of claims would be considered uh, laughable, except that Eric Weiss was the real name of the man who performed as Harry Houdini, uh, perhaps the best-known escape artist and magician uh, in, in American history. And so this man, who had escaped so many things, uh, was unable to escape death. And uh, is the most incredible thing that a person could possibly do uh, and also the most amazing thing that God has ever done, perhaps the same thing, and the one thing that Harry Houdini was not able to reproduce. And if Houdini, uh, as great as escape artist as he was, was unable to escape death, can we believe that Jesus Christ himself could? So after Jesus had died, there was apparently one group of people who thought that Jesus might make it out of the grave. And that was not his disciples. It was the Pharisees uh, and the chief priests. Uh, they thought he would get out of the grave, but not by his own doing. And they requested uh, an extra guard, the, the full authority and power of Rome, to try to protect this corpse from a group of followers. They thought there was going to be some scheme to steal Jesus' corpse out of the tomb uh, and that this would somehow create more of a legend behind the story of Jesus. Uh, and they certainly didn't want that. They were trying to get rid of him and any memory of him. And so uh, Peter, James, John, uh, they, they were apparently scaring the religious authorities into thinking there was some grand conspiracy. And so the full authority and might of Rome showed up uh, to the scene uh, this little garden tomb with a stone in front of it, and it was fully sealed uh, with a guard posted in front. So uh, of all the people who had actually followed Jesus uh, during his time on earth, during his earthly ministry, most of them were uh, at this particular point in time cowering uh, in a locked room somewhere, fearing for their lives. Uh, they thought, well, if the authorities had captured and killed our leader, uh, they may do the same to us. Uh, they were not in a, a position to go tomb raiding uh, at this particular point in time. And when the Sabbath was over, which would have been Saturday, uh, the only people who were mentioned venturing out to go to the tomb uh, were the women uh, who wanted to go anoint his body uh, for burial, which they were unable to do uh, prior to his, uh, his hasty uh, deposit into the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And so Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome are mentioned by name. Uh, and the, from their conversation as recorded in scripture, uh, you can tell that they already knew that 
there were some obstacles facing them uh, on their venture. And if you read Mark 16, 3, it says, who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? So they already knew this was not going to be an easy task, but they still brought the spices because of their, their love and dedication to Jesus. Uh, and so when they arrived, the scene was exactly what the Pharisees had feared. And that is the stone wasn't where it had been left and the body wasn't where it had been left either. So Simon and John, these two people that you would think if there was some grand scheme, uh, if there was some big plot afoot to steal the body, they would be the first to be you know, on the suspect list. Uh, they were shocked and they didn't believe it. And they both, uh, when they heard the news from these women, they went running for the tomb to, to verify what this far-fetched tale really was all about. And so what they found instead was the words of an angel saying, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. You can see that in Luke 24, five through six. These are the words, this is the truth that faced these followers, these disciples. And so you kind of wonder, were these some of the same angels who had been singing in front of shepherds in Bethlehem uh, some 30 odd years earlier? So now the king has returned. Jesus has returned. He's triumphant even over death. And he appears to Mary Magdalene, then to a couple of disciples on the road to Emmaus, trying to get out of Jerusalem, uh, and then finally to all of the disciples together. So if you think about it, uh, the guards who were in front of the tomb, um, they, they didn't know, they probably didn't know much about Jesus. They had a job to do. They were Romans. They weren't interested into, in the religious squabbles of the, the Jews and whether Jesus was or not who he said he was. They had a job to do. But it's odd because the first thing that they do after having failed their mission of guarding this tomb is they go to the Jewish leaders. So the penalty for them losing this body would have been death. And so they go to these Jewish leaders and the priests and the elders, they pay them off to lie about the facts that occurred on that Sunday morning um, to, to basically say, we were sleeping, the disciples stole the body away. And apparently these religious authorities were able to convince Pilate not to punish his soldiers for this offense which is, uh, if you think about it, fairly incredible. Um, but uh, the, the reality is that nobody who tried uh, to destroy Jesus was successful. So the religious authorities, the civil leaders, even death, they were all defeated by the creator and the now conqueror of them all. And if you read Colossians 2.15, it says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them by the cross. And so what Jesus did on the cross, he was making a spectacle of these enemies of who he was. So study the word. Read, go back to the, the, the Old Testament and read Luke, Leviticus 23, 4 through 11. In it, uh, there is some Mosaic law that's taught here, and it talks about some of the very special feasts that were supposed to occur, and how uh, Jesus, uh, or excuse me, how Jesus ended up accomplishing and fulfilling these things. And so, 
if you read it, it talks about the Passover lamb and Jesus fulfilled that as the Passover lamb. And then it talks about how the day after the Sabbath, uh, there is this feast of first fruits and Jesus became the first fruits of all those who will rise from the dead. So it's, it's pretty incredible how scripture has, has put all the pieces together for us. In fact, soon we'll be talking about the next feast, which is going to be Pentecost. Now think about it. In Jewish tradition, the testimony of women is not allowed in court. According to uh, Josephus, who is an historian, uh, they were considered to have too much levity and boldness. And you can find that in, in his writings called Antiquities of the Jews, uh, 4 219. So does that knowledge make it even more interesting that God chose this group of women to be the first who found out that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead? He entrusted those who society did not trust. It's such a, it's such a Jesus thing to do. Uh, and so it was, it, was, it was somewhat remarkable. And so there you have it, the resurrection. Go back and actually read the scriptures about this. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, and John 20. Uh, the story is incredible. And you get to see some of the interesting facets, the different viewpoints and the perspectives uh, of the different, uh, the different parties who were present. So uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, love to hear from you. Keep, keep those comments coming. Thanks so much for listening.